Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Fempreneur Marketing Podcast. I'm show producer Liz Campbell. Today's episode is an interview with local author and blogger Carrie Wilkinson Lee. She's a huge advocate for mental health and is in the process of writing her first book about her mental health journey. To learn about her upcoming book and to follow along with her journey, head to her blog at kerrywilkinsonlee.com. Also, if you're a female entrepreneur looking to grow or start your business, join us for the launch party of the Fempreneur Marketing book, Find Your Voice on Social Media. You can get all your information at yycfempreneur.com. Here we are yeah. the lovely Carrie. So today is uh, an opportunity for Carrie and I to have one of our famously awesome conversations and share it with all of you. So if you're watching this... Um, live or if you're listening to the podcast or if you're watching this on YouTube, you're in for a treat. Carrie's a very awesome lady and she's up to some big things and I want her to share them with you. So the three questions that I'm going to ask her and I'm going to get her to answer each question three times. So nine things. Wow. Yeah. So the first thing is three things you're excited about. The next thing is three things you've changed your mind about recently. And then three absurd or stupid things you do. And we're going to cycle through. So we'll do one of each and then we'll go back down and do one of each. And then lastly, we'll do one of each again. Okay. Are you so excited? Yeah. Okay. Pretty so excited. So I was. Things you're excited about. One thing you're one excited thing about. One thing I'm excited about. Well, this one, lunch, but that doesn't count. Because you're excited just, about lunch. <laughs> I'm always excited about lunch. I like food too. Yeah. Um, and my Lego advent calendar, but I won't say that because I know that's not. But yes, I'm pretty excited about. I still love toys. I think toys. that could maybe be three absurd or stupid things. <laughs> maybe, yeah, exactly. <laughs> she loves Lego, toys, toys, just toys. Um, you know what? I I know that uh, a lot of you know about my Chicks for Chicks charity. So I collect secondhand jewelry throughout the year, and um, so I'm excited to deliver those. I have quite a bit of money collected now from selling the secondhand jewelry for donation. I've had it set up at my house so people come over, and wow. kids have shopped for their grandmas. And no a friend came over yesterday, a good friend of ours, Amanda, and she got one something for her niece for graduation, and for her um, mother-in-law and. Uh, for her sister-in-law, so that was really neat. So I'm I'm doing pretty well, waiting for a few. I'm picking up a few other things today. Talk a little bit about what the charity is, though, because I'm sure a lot of people listening or watching have no idea what you're talking about. Um, so Chicks for Chicks um, collects secondhand jewelry throughout the year, sells it. First of all, don't Google Chicks for Chicks. Yeah. <laughs> there is, should be a little bit more now, but um, or not Chicks on Chicks, anyways, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> Um, and see, aren't our conversations just oh my outstanding? God, I know. This isn't recording, so it doesn't need to be there. <laughs> um, and then at Christmas time, nominated single moms that are hardworking, they don't ask for help, they're hard to find. So it's word of mouth. So it's trying to find these women that just get up every day, you know, similar to you, I would say, except you share Jake with his dad. Mm-hmm. So you guys kind of share those expenses. So yeah. more of a mom that doesn't have that luxury yeah. and that, you know, I've never been a single mom, but I have a, a, I'm very empathetic and I have a son, one son, and I can't even imagine socks and, you know, doing all this stuff. So it just really... I just really want them to know that they're honored. So they're called honor pa- honor packages, just to say we see you, we see the work you're doing. And so usually they're a package anywhere between 150 and 250 dollars with gift cer- local gift certificates, wow. Tim Hortons, you know, enough like so you can get lunch and dinner at Tim Hortons, you know. Yeah. Usually what local. A good idea. That's things, so cool. So, 
So I've been through some tough times, you know, and, and when I put those packages together and then deliver, I always phone and make an appointment and I meet them oh, wow. and explain what it is and that it's an honor package and that someone has nominated you because they see the hard work you're doing without complaining and just keeping your head up and doing what you need to do. Like you're just yeah. giving So it's not about someone who's necessarily like broke or going through a financial struggle. Mm-hmm. It can just be someone who, you know, could probably use a little bit of a pat on the back. Mm-hmm. Okay. And generally a lot, you know, they are you know, finance are, are an issue because mm-hmm. they're on their own, but, okay. um, yeah, yeah that's they, kind of they don't given, have enough guess, really. Right? Yeah. A little bit, but I don't really dig into that too much, but just about the fact they don't, yeah. Christmas time is for the kids. So it's something just for them. There's nothing in it for the kids. I mean, mm-hmm. if they want to use the gift cards and then one of the components is taking something from their package and giving it to someone who inspires them. Oh. So like pay it forward kind of thing. Wow. So we have five this year. So I'm pretty excited about five. doing that in the next week and week and a half. It makes it makes a difference. Changes mm-hmm. you. Volunteering is is key. To and that's life, a I chapter think. in your book. Yep. Carrie's writing a book. For those of you who haven't met Carrie, she's writing a book. March, April. When's it coming out? May. <laughs> May. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so I'm pretty excited about that. So that's right the first now. thing yeah. you're excited about. Yeah. Totally excited for you too, and for those five women. So the next thing, something that you've changed your mind about recently. Um, something that I've changed my mind about recently. I know that I had... Yeah, you made a list. Yeah, I did. And I, because there was, I had to think about that. Um, that is a hard one for sure. <clears throat> so I understand. Oh, so, um, <laughs> well, I was going to say that one, but I'll say that one last. I really do believe that one person can change the world. Yeah. Like I was at Wee Day, um, Vancouver and Edmonton, and it's amazing what the Kilbergers have done. Like Craig Kilberger started it, and it's amazing if you've been to Wee or just see Wee. And I give I give gifts from them now, and just one Canadian boy. But like you know, just even with Chicks for Chicks and the people that I see that find it, find it. But I just I wasn't really sure. But then now I heard that quote: um, If you don't think one person can make a difference, try being alone in a room with a mosquito have you heard that no and that's so true like that you know that is super impactful for a person in so many levels like there's fear and panic and you know you gotta kill that mosquito and so you're so focused so um yeah I and I want to continue like because I was always scared that that couldn't happen and and back when when I before I was writing this book and found all the tools now to to have less anxiety Mm -hmm. realize that you just keep plowing ahead and doing it, and yeah, they will be discouraging, but you can make a huge difference, and you never know the impact of something small. Mm, love that. Mm. Okay, so, um, so yeah, so one person can change the world. That's awesome. Yeah, that's really, I really like that. I was listening to uh, uh, Pat Flynn's latest episode this morning on mm-hmm. the Smart Passive Income podcast, and he shared the 10, 10 his 10 greatest lessons since 2010. And one of his was similar to that, but it was a bit different. But yeah, it's interesting that you're saying that too. It's really hitting me. Um, Because I do think that we, in our efforts to change the world, in our efforts to, um, yeah, in our efforts to even improve a handful of lives, we think that we're not making a difference. And I have heard so many people say, like, you can't change the world. And, you know, know, one person can't make a difference. Like, I've heard people say things like that. And I do Mm -hmm. agree with you. I think they're wrong. But um, those are the kind of people that we're up against. And those are the kind of people that I think leave negative comments on posts mm-hmm. and things and YouTube videos. They're just 
Well, and I think it is if you are sending, and I'm not saying it's wrong to send money overseas and like doing things for Africa and that mm. kind of thing. Like Kiva is a really neat one. Jesse mm-hmm. and I do Kiva, and so they're micro loans. Um, so Kiva.com, I believe it is, but it's fantastic because you do. Oh, book. did you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Micro loans, it's awesome. We have enough now, so we just have to pick a person. And I think that's a great gift to give to somebody. You micro yeah. loans to people, and you get to pick them and see what they're doing. Um, and, you know, so you're doing things like that, but you're not seeing the impact. So mm-hmm. through my evolution of a professional volunteer, pretty much, um, really being on the front lines, I think has made a huge difference. Yeah. Um, and then starting small, it doesn't feel like you're gra- you know, it feels like I think if you're sending it over, you're helping the world. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, like I had to find small bits to, that I, I knew was making a difference. I could see in my body and feel it mm-hmm. in my body and see it in my, see the faces that I was making a difference. Mm-hmm. And then I knew that I do believe in paying it forward and karma and that, um, if you change the trajectory of someone's day, it could change the trajectory of 5,000 people's day yeah, because you never know. Effect. You have no idea. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure like, have you ever felt that though? Like in your, on your journey to become a professional volunteer, have you ever felt a bit defeated and a bit like I'm not making a difference and had to fight your way out of that feeling or have you just oh always my gosh. known that? Yeah. You know what? And this isn't necessarily volunteering, but it's like what you do, you recycling. Mm-hmm. Like totally overwhelms mm-hmm. me. Like you see the oceans. So because I'm an empathetic person too, as well, it's, it's about that. It's about our mother earth. It's about mm-hmm. everything. And I walked into a, um, a California Walmart and I stopped the like, door open and I walked two steps. I stopped. My mom almost ran into me. I was with my parents and Jesse and Derek. And, uh, I just looked at all this, like it's one small, it was a small town in California. And I looked at all this plastic from bot tip to tail, like the whole thing. And I was like, I, like, I almost had a panic attack. I had never really had a full-blown one before, but I was like, where's all this plastic going and what is it doing and is it necessary? And we are such victims of marketing and packaging. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, like, I know a lot of people do volunteer and, you know, we do, programs are trying to get for, volu- you know, that. So that's not necessarily as volunteer, but, but, like, I pick up garbage as I'm, you know, walking a lot of the time and try to keep, keep that clean. But mm-hmm. um, wanting to reach more people, mm-hmm. you know, so that's why I'm happy about this book and the journey I'm on right now, because really, um, I'm excited about, I'm like, now I'm going back to the excited, but like mm-hmm. the j- journey I'm on right now at 47 is the most excited I've ever been just meeting people like you and, and meeting like-minded people that have blazed the trail before us. Like we're, we're starting to meet those people because we're doing something mm-hmm. with our lives and with our passions. I'm really excited about that. And then, um, I think that then I will, I won't be as, I'll be able to see that the little bits that I do, I can then expand and go bigger and bigger. Mm. I do feel like there's been such a huge shift in you since we've, um, become good friends. Like I do remember feeling like there was such a, um, I don't know, like, I guess just like, and you, you said it all the time too, back then, like a lack of direction and looking for that clear path. And like, I feel like you found it and you're just blazing ahead and Mm -hmm. you're right. You've got all these these, you know, tools and, and tactics and, and mentors and people and friends that are just helping you. And, and Mm -hmm. it's really cool to, to that's been instrumental women that you admire that see you and believe in you and tell you, and they're hard on you. (laughs) Like, you know you're, you say please and they, you know, I say please but not really because I mean it <laughs> but you're but I know you care about me and I know that there's that you like and sometimes as women or just in general people we don't trust other people that you really you know yeah sure you look good in that dress kind of thing you know like just past 
whatever, but to actually know. And so Mm -hmm. I have a few women in my life, including you, that have, because the book wasn't really on my radar, to be honest, at all a few months ago. And so that's why I'm comfortable with me. Okay. To get it, you know, to the place. It's my first book and I want to make sure, I like to write and then sit back and let it stew and then I'll think of other things and, you know. And your new blog post comes out every Thursday, Mm -hmm. which has been awesome. So you've got three up there now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like your, wasn't your second one that you talked about always wanting to write a book, but not really feeling mm-hmm. like it was going to happen or like you could do it. And then I think it was the first one. I may have started one? with that because, um, so the book ends up going into actually, so the first three blogs are, are more of the, what the struggles I've gone through, but really the book is simple solutions to mm-hmm. stop having an abusive relationship with yourself. But I had to identify the abusive relationship and I also had to identify what it was exactly like finding out the problem especially with past trauma and then with new trauma I think it's really difficult to identify what exactly is the problem and is there 10 okay well which one do we start with Mm -hmm. and start with one and so um yeah I was I really wanted to write a book but I really didn't want to write a book because I knew how much work it was going to be and I didn't know where to start like my brain is constantly picking up information and I Mm -hmm. and I you know so writing a book really for my brain is the perfect thing to do to get it all off because Mm -hmm. it's been now I have a place for it all And, um, but yeah, I had no, and so really I didn't have a place to write. I thought, oh, you know, if I'm in France, I need to go to France and I need to write on a hillside and overlook, you know, then I'll write, (laughs) right? If I moved to a house that had a view or whatever, you know, so I always had these things where I thought there was a deal setting for writing, but that's... Kind of like excuses though, right? Well, that's not, that's out there again. We get in our own way, right? Yeah. Yeah. We have it in the way of our heart, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's all in here, right? It's in here. It doesn't matter where you are, where you're where your butt is it's it's in you it's Mm -hmm. in here not out there with with everything that it is right so so I just had to and you know what it ended up being that it's in my bed which I thought was funny because my my husband and son tease me all the time that I'm always oh she's sleeping I'm not sleeping I'm reading I'm working I love my bed I'm creating amazing shit in my Mm -hmm. bed leave me alone Mm -hmm. (laughs) my my dog loves to cuddle with me there I'm up high I can kind of see the view you know like my house is awesome but it's quite dark mm-hmm. and it's you know there's not a lot of big windows that you can see and if you could do you see houses so like yeah. up there it's an open you know yeah. open space so anyway so it just was figuring out where to write because coffee shops I get distracted too easily and I can write there now sometimes a little bit like it yeah. does I do end up I like that one spot up. where we sit at Good Earth where we're facing mm-hmm. a wall yeah I'm not, like we don't even see who walks in <laughs> yeah we should do that again we should do that again mm-hmm. soon yeah yeah. Okay. Awesome. So something absurd, like a stupid or absurd thing that you do that somehow obviously brings you joy or you wouldn't be doing it, but like, yeah, I mean, there's lots of things that I do. I don't get out of bed. A lot of the time is one of them, which is pretty funny. Um, so I'm awake, but I don't get out of bed and I sit there and stew sometimes. And that's kind of absurd. Um, do you just wanted one right now? Yeah, that we can start with that one. I don't want you to like, go I mean, too nuts on that one. <laughs> no. Well, I, that is a goal for me to get out. Like, I just love being in bed and I love, and then once I start getting up, but I'm thinking anyway, like, so I do know that that's something I need to do is when I wake up, I need to get up. I love that you're routine. saying that because that was one of the most impactful things that I heard from the stage at, uh, at the conference that I was at in San Diego was, um, uh, what was his name again? He said it, Tom Bilyeu said that he said, I, I, some of the I think one of the questions that came from the audience was like, what's some of the key structure that you've implemented in your life that you credit to your success? He's like, I have to get out of bed 10 minutes after waking up. I have 10 minutes to lay there awake in bed. And then I need to get out of bed. 
And mm-hmm. for me, I, I, I'm the same like you sometimes where I just want, and I don't get a lot of opportunities to, but if I can, I will lay there mm-hmm. and just think about things. But what I've tried to do is allow myself like you to just enjoy laying in bed. But what I do is I get up, I get a coffee or tea. Mm-hmm. I grab my yeah. notebook and a pen <laughs> yeah. and I sit and I will journal or yeah. I will put on like one of my Hoffman meditations where I'm right. actually doing like a quad check-in, like how am I spiritually, how am I physically, how am right. I mentally, how am I, how am I emotionally and writing down those things that I was kind of trained to do so that it's still like self-love time, yeah. but I'm not letting my mind rabbit trail. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yes, totally. So yeah, I feel I'm, I struggle with that too. Though I struggle with wanting to just lay there and think about whatever, mm-hmm. and then an hour goes by. Mm-hmm. Totally, and you've done nothing, and you yeah. could have done. You know, it's hard when it's we're in Alberta. It's super cold and it's dark. Mm-hmm. You know, really dark. But I try to like you know because I'm 47, so eventually my my legs start to ache if I've been in bed too long. So I have to get out of bed. But <laughs> when it, I'm feeling super comfortable, I just try to take that five minutes and kind of meditate on how comfortable mm-hmm. I am and how awesome mm-hmm. this is, and just really, really tap into the awesomeness of that moment and then and that's a chapter in the book too is is being in the moment which is a lot more difficult than it sounds um but I I kind of figured it out and then one day I was just kind of doing it more often so but that so I try to do that and then yes too I'll get up and get a coffee and um and I try not to candy crush which is my other stupid thing (laughs) (laughs) what about starting your day with email or social media is that something that you try not to do or do you think about that ever or um I think I used to do that I, I would, I'd probably check my maybe texts to see if my husband texted me or my son or something like that, or my sister. I don't, I, I don't really start with social media as much anymore. Mm-hmm. I find now actually that I'm doing the book. I, cause I can only handle so much. I, my, my brain does get full. You've shared now something you're excited about, something you've changed your mind about recently and something absurd that you do. You shared a couple absurd things that you do. <laughs> yeah. You shared staying in bed and the shopping thing that you shared well I just said no candy oh it's one thing that you do when you're in bed (laughs) yeah you would ask me about social media and if I go on social media first thing in the morning and like I'll check certain things like because I do have uh you know I try to touch um my small business that I do you know about a half an hour to an hour a day so I'll try I'll check in with that and that kind of thing but usually not I I try not to spend time just scrolling through social media and that to get myself distracted so okay yeah cool um okay we're back to something that you're excited about second thing you're excited about um so i would say this writing this book you know writing this book and getting it done i'm super excited which makes me almost super scared because i want to (laughs) make excitement can come from fear though too right (laughs) it's like a blend of the excitement and the fear yeah and I know, you know, what I have to do to do it, but I just, I'm just excited to, to have it to and hold to it do in it your and hands to say that I did to it. To like yeah. give it and to people. Yeah. Yeah. And then to see where it goes. Like, <clears throat> I have to say like at 47, I've said, you know, I'm, I'm excited for the future for the first time in a long time. Like I, I really did struggle to find out who I am. What's my purpose? I'm a, I'm a late bloomer. Again, another chapter in the book, but being a late bloomer, like it's, it's hard to, no, sometimes and I was really stressed about it so I what? went through a phase where I'm just like hey not gonna think about it not gonna search I'm not gonna apply for ads for dog walking or photographer <laughs> or all you know all these kind of things and you know I went to Costco I got the whole package to to be a, a child photographer at one point and then and I took a class but then all the aperture and all that stuff didn't really sit you know with me and so I just like I taught I'm really was really good at talking myself out of things 
you know, and so, and, and then I was just, there were so many options and I didn't know what I was good at. And so part of this journey and part of writing the book, which you'll find out is how I went through this journey to figure out what is my passion? What am I, you know, even from, okay, you know, to one of my best friends, I'd say, if I get excited about something, you tell me. So then I know. Because sometimes I didn't even <laughs> tell know. Tell me if I'm excited. <laughs> I love that. Okay, maybe that's what you like. Like, I was so not sure of who I was. Yeah. That, <clears throat> you know, do I like pop? Do I not like pop? Do I eat meat? Do I not eat meat? Do I not? Like, there were so many questions that went through my head that drove me crazy that I just really But was. do you think that that is because you're so empathetic and you're feeling everyone else's feelings around you all the time because you're 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 kind of clairvoyant to a degree right yeah you feel like you really pick up on other people's Mm -hmm. state of being or Mm -hmm. whatever and I haven't really dived into that so I don't know if part of that is picking up and how far does that reach go um also the fact yeah that I'm empathetic and I'm just I'm I am pretty go with the flow actually so I didn't really have to have an opinion sure I'll do that oh yeah that sounds fun okay sure like mm-hmm. I'm pretty I'm not rigid in my you know I'm, I'm I go with the flow and I like adventures and I'm like you know if you go to Paris you don't have to plan every day just set out and see mm-hmm. where you'll go mm-hmm. and not necessarily have a plan yeah you know and um so I'm kind of like that so I just don't think I practiced making decisions that were best for me or about me I just kind of went with the flow and then when you get older to have boyfriends and that you kind of you know just be okay with what they like and what they do and what they you know, and sure you have some funny know. stories about that coming in the book yeah <laughs> <laughs> one in particular that I think is gonna be so awesome it's just so good for people to share the shit they've been through it's so inspiring to other people to hear oh my gosh she's struggled with the same thing that I've struggled with so mm-hmm. but so feel so few people do it and I think a lot of what a, what holds a lot of people back is like oh I haven't earned my voice yet I haven't accomplished enough to say all my shit has led me to where I am today mm-hmm. it's like no it's I think that that was for me and maybe what being humble weird. too like yeah humble like what you know who's gonna want to hear that and who's gonna want you know but a lot of process I would say with writing a book is for you is Mm -hmm. for the person writing it like it's been so good for my brain and to learn about my brain and my my ADHD brain and how it's gonna like it is a superpower it's not a bad thing and I really um you're like harnessing it right now by writing a book I feel Mm -hmm. like like you're harnessing that really really busy brain of yours and turning it into something awesome yeah the struggle would be that you start, the struggle for me is thinking about who's going to read this and is it going to impact them and is it going to, you can't do that. You got to just write for you and write for, you know, and have it make sense and write for what you've learned, you know, but not try to think too far ahead. Mm -hmm. That's something I do as well. Okay. So you're excited about writing your book. Awesome. We're all excited about you writing your book too. Right, everybody? Hey, Lisa. Thanks for joining. Lisa's excited you're writing a book too. Um... Okay, another uh, another thing that you changed your mind about recently. Um, this is an interesting. I kind of said this to Lindsay, and I'm gonna just put it out there because it's funny. I said it to you. I'm like, do I do I need my hair? <laughs> <laughs> this still blows my mind, you guys. <laughs> I don't know. I just like it, to cut my hair off would be be more like scare, scary. Scary to me. Short than, you look. Like, you kind of stand up a little bit. Oh, like there, sit. 
Like then, I don't know. I think we should run a vote whether or not you should cut your hair, and I really hope everyone agrees. With well, and could it go? And then, did you see Pink put on her thing? She cut it. She shaved her head. Did she? Yes. Like and you I, and Pink, but are I had like, your brains. Oh, are I love connected. her. But I had said to you before that mm-hmm. I was going to do it before she saw. So at least told somebody before that I was thinking that because it's just. I don't know. But I mean, I'm a hairdresser, like at heart, like, you know, I'll always be a hairdresser. And I, the thought of someone, like someone shaving their head, just kind of like, I don't know. I just feel like hair is like so fun. And it's a, it's a form of creativity for me. Like when someone's got hair, it's like, Ooh, I want to get my hands in their hair and I want to do, and if you didn't have hair, I would just want to go wig shopping with you, I guess. What about like just a crazy style? I don't know. Just is so interesting because I've just part of the journey. And do do we need like women? We hide behind hair and makeup and clothes. And so for you know, you can't not take a person, I guess, seriously. You're not like they they're they've taken that away. So Mm -hmm. they're not judging you on that. And I've I I did mention in one of my chapters that the more I put on makeup and the more I seem to do, um, yeah, pixie cut. Yeah. So the more that I seem to um, put makeup on and get, like, I'm more than self-conscious. Like, is it leaking or, you know, is it... Is my makeup where it's supposed to be? And if I just don't wear it, I just don't think about it. So, Mm -hmm. again, as I get older, I just don't really do it very often. And so I just thought how, like, that would be something that would step myself out of my comfort zone huge. And be pretty, I don't know. Yeah. And so... Yeah, if it's something... What do you think, Cindy? Cindy's watching too. Cindy, what do you think about Carrie shaving her head? Maybe she just joined. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they can either... Yeah, I think they can either join live or they can jump in from the beginning, and I never know what's happening when they're in. But you would just wear this hat a lot if you shaved Mm -hmm. your head, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Just wear that hat I'd wear lots of hats. I I would probably... I could get uh, wigs, I think. I just think, like, it scares me more than jumping out of an airplane. Really? To cut my hair off. Okay, yeah. good. At like, least I you think. have some fear around it because oh yeah, like I've had I like people when I was I only worked in a salon for a little while, but I did have a couple people come in and want like so much of their long hair cut off, mm-hmm. and I I hated doing it because it was there was a really high percentage chance that the person was going to cry. Like it's like a sixty <laughs> yeah. percent chance that they're going to cry. That'd be scary for him. And I've had people cry in my chair. Yeah, and you know. I, I just basically from that day on when I did that and that girl cried, I refused to do drastic haircuts anymore. I just refuse. I'm like, if this is a money thing, then, you know, you're going to, you're going to find somebody who will chop all your hair off. But if this isn't a money thing and you want to be sure that you want the change, Mm -hmm. you'll come back two weeks apart and get two inches taken off each time so that you're comfortable. And so that I don't have to deal with you crying. That's not nearly as liberating. Like I want to go in scared, you know, like jumping out of a plane, like take it off and like, Oh my God, I cut my hair so that, that, so I'm not focused on beauty or anything to do with beauty, you know, like it's just me. Yeah, and I think you're one of the few people that I would be totally comfortable with chopping their hair off because I know you, but when you're a hairdresser and you don't always know these people, that's when it's risky. And I'll probably, I might cry. I'm not saying I won't cry. (laughs) But I'm saying your daughter cut 50 inches off her hair so she could donate it. And and if you can donate it, yeah. And I'm not sure, like, yours is a little leachy. Yeah, and I don't think that they can take it. But from here to here now, it's not, like, from here to here, it's (laughs) not my natural color. But yeah, I don't think they can take it. So I can't necessarily do charity, except I think I could potentially raise money for a charity just to tell people I'm shaving my head off, because especially people that have known me for a long time. But um, I just want to touch on something, too, that you were saying about the book, like with sharing the story and all the shitty things that I've gone through and stuff is that I don't think a lot of people in my life and a lot of people that know me on social media are just getting to know me have known the struggle that I've gone through myself. Right. So I think that 
that's kind of cool because we don't know. And so when we're struggling alone, we think everybody else has it together and we think that everything's okay Mm -hmm. because I did have an outside and an inside. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I could make it very, you know, a lot of my family didn't know. A lot of my really close friends would not know because I can handle it pretty good. Like you can, you know, so I had to spin that into a a positive thing instead Mm -hmm. of a negative afterwards, Mm -hmm. you know, that I, that I survived at least. Like I got to this place, right? Yeah. So I think when people um, are very, you know, successful and creative and have a a good, happy family and they're struggling, I think it's impactful to share your story because we hide behind our hair. (laughs) Well, if you do decide to cut it, I'd be honored if I could be the one to cut it and we will, um, yeah, we will make it a big deal because that's a really big deal. Um, I'm always looking for the reasons behind people's big change decisions. So I guess I just need to get... It really, I need to really buy into the reason behind it, and then yeah. Okay. We can it's talk not about, about it me, more. but I still. I gotta tell you, I'm I not in a rush, like, but I just think I don't want to jump out of a plane. But I do think that it's a statement. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I my head might look weird, and but my eyes might stand out, and I might like that is who I am. Without my hair, mm-hmm. really. Mm-hmm. So, take me as I am. Oh, and I would still love you. I mean, I know that. Like, yeah, it would just everyone would still love you. Yeah. We, women put a lot into our hair and to our beauty when mm-hmm. it's not, it's superficial, right? Mm-hmm, totally. I'm not saying it's not important because I do know that, it, you know, and sometimes it's just annoying, but mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Lisa says there's places that take colored hair. Ooh, so, okay. Yeah. I mean, I would take your hair and turn it into extensions for me because it's like awesome. It's my color. You too. can do that. Yeah. I don't know. I'd figure You're it out. You're multi-talented. I'd figure it out. Why am I looking at the computer? Because I'm usually looking at the computer. Okay, three. So another absurd or stupid thing that you do. Well, I definitely said Candy Crush is kind of dumb. Um, and I stay in bed, so that was the other one. Um, I, and I don't know if this is dumb, it's anxiety a little bit. I worry about things way before they happen. Like, mm-hmm. so packing on a trip. Like, I used to pack way before I left. Mm-hmm. And it causes me all sorts of stuff. But in another way, when it comes to <clears throat> writing a book or, or being in a situation, like, I'm, I need deadlines. If I don't have direct deadlines, I procrastinate. Mm-hmm. So I'm a procrastinator, which is not, which is dumb. And then, but then I worry about a trip two weeks before <laughs> that it happens. So that's been a, a trick to try and do is to not let my creative brain get too focused on something that you know, and that's just, I think my autopilot. So training that, and that's part of the, that's the chapter in the book too, is being in the moment, right. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and not, you know, letting your mind, because then I'm my, my body and my brain's trying to solve a problem that doesn't even exist. What so, do you do when you find yourself in on that hamster wheel of like, do you have, have you learned some things through, like talk about a little bit too, about the things you've done to try to be better and to try to work through some of the stuff you've struggled with, like, the help that you've sought out, the people, the so so strategies. not that specifically, but one one huge strategy that made a difference was I went to see this lady in um, Calgary that she's kind of an intuitive and she's kind of a um, but also a counselor and she had me write down all the negative thoughts in my head all the time. So she told me to carry it around with me everywhere. So I took it in the car, I'd pull over in the car, I took it seriously everything for a whole week. I wrote down all that and I was shocked actually. I'm like, oh my god, like I cannot believe I'm saying these things to myself. And then I was so proud the next week to go with my list of like four pages and I'm still looking for it. I know it's somewhere, but four pages like this, but written like on lines. 
shocking. You know, I'm so proud of my list that I had it. And so she's going to help me deal with these things. She's like, okay, great. She's like, go home and write the opposite to each. And then. Oh, so the opposite to each one. Yes. Uh, Yeah. And it was just training my brain, mm -hmm. you know? So that was kind of one of my first problems was stopping that negative negative thought Mm -hmm. and so now when I do that I'm I'm in the moment I know I'm going to be prepared I tell myself you will be prepared and what's the worst that can happen you know Mm -hmm. like things that you know when you when you've lived with anxiety you kind of know okay that that's that there are little tools that you can tell yourself Mm -hmm. or you do do a little bit you pack Mm -hmm. or you you know Mm -hmm. I'll phone my husband and say, are we going to park and ride? Or are we going to thing? Are we going to this? Or, you and know, he's like, we'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like my son. We always like, do. What's, what time is it? Where are we? Yeah. Where? And I'm like, we'll figure it out. And my sister's always said she's visualized the parking spot there. So you just visualize it and you think of that. Like you think of what you want instead of what you don't want. Mm, right. Yeah. Then that's the one again, easier said than done. You got to practice that. Yeah. But you focus on what you want. I'm going to get a parking spot. I'm going to have everything I need. I'm going to have, you just, it's just a mindset change that, you got to catch when it's happening right away and constantly. And it is exhausting. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes I'm exhausted before 8 a.m. even. So that's why. Because you planned your whole day. <laughs> yeah. Or how and you want the, the packing of two weeks ahead and, and being in line at security two weeks ahead. And, you know, yeah. I love the power of vis- visualization. Oh. I think you're right. That is a key to retraining our brain into not worrying. It's like just visualizing the best possible outcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And trusting. So I did put trust this t- tattoo says trust on my wrist because, and that was in my thirties. Um, and it was, I have to try, like, just trust mm-hmm. that you are looked after. Things are happening for a reason. Like put mm-hmm. good stuff, good stuff will come back. Right. Like, yeah. and so focus, cause all of my creative energy was on things, trying to solve and plan things that didn't even exist. So yeah. it was really difficult for me to figure out what my passion was and figure out how I'm going to change the world. And, you know, yeah, the trust tattoo is so great. I've never thought of having a tattoo, like seriously thought about it until yesterday when I was in church, because the pastor, we had a pastor from a different church. He was kind of like a guest mm. speaker. And he talked about the whole fight, flight or freeze when we're yeah. fear, when we're feeling fear. And, um, that excited fear where we're like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And like, we, we, you know, humans often do one of the three. Um, but then there's that underlying like presence of, of mind. And like, what are you actually thinking in that moment? And of course, you know, I was in church. So the, the message was, was faith. If you have faith that things are going to be okay, Mm -hmm. or if you have faith that even if the worst case thing happens, you're still going to be okay. Like if you just start to develop that feeling of faith, then it really takes a lot of that stress off of your body, off of everything to do with your interactions with others, your relationships, like, you know, Mm -hmm. so because we often worry about being in that moment of something crappy happening. And we, we think we're going to do that. We we try to plan out what we would do. And I don't know. I think we would just have faith a little more often. And I think faith is very similar to trust. Oh, totally. It's it's, yeah. It's the same thing. Right. And trust for me, it was a big one. Trust myself. Yeah. Trust that, you know, so a bit of the anxiety, social anxiety a little bit, right? And that's where the drinking came in a little bit. And I've talked to a few interviews I've done, like a lot of women say, yeah, absolutely. One or two drinks helps. Like it does help with social anxiety. And, um, but to trust yourself in social situations, drinking or not drinking, but to trust, you know, because sometimes you just, you know, you'll say stuff for people, you know, like I just have never really had a much of a filter on things and so you know and trust yourself with your decisions and that you'll mm-hmm. find a way and that your kids will be okay mm-hmm. and that um you know 
the little things you do do make a difference. And perfection yeah. is so boring. Like when things go as planned and when, you know, sometimes I look back on the day and I'm like, whoa, that is not how I thought today it was going to go. Mm -hmm. But if it had went the way I wanted it to, I wouldn't have ran into so-and-so. I mm -hmm. wouldn't have that opportunity. I wouldn't have gotten invited to that. Totally. Wouldn't have like learned that. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. that's cool. So set out. And that was the quote I was trying to look for. It's a Sarah McLaughlin Maybe Lisa will know because she's been getting some good information. But Sarah McLaughlin, that song, um, Take Me a River and I'm Gonna Skate Away from Here. But she, there's a line in there that I was going to Google. But it's it, it, every day is an unopened gift mm -hmm. and it's a surprise. And so that was a quote that I wrote down for a while and just see it as that. Mm -hmm. Just every day is an unopened gift and that it and and what is going to surprise you today? Mm -hmm. And see it all as a surprise instead as a drag and, and a monotony. Because I'm, you know, I did a lot of traveling before and I liked to, you know, so it's like, what's happening in Paris, France, right? you know i've been caught you know having a kid and being at home you know you have yeah. a lot of monotonies in yeah. your days right yeah and my brain is more city girl i would say than than small town you know mm -hmm. um, mom and so but you don't know what that looks like until you become a mom and then when i wasn't able to have another child yeah it was like well is this enough is one child enough to justify me staying at home and mm -hmm. to justify you know so so to trust that my process and and, and that process too yeah, and to tie that back to what you were saying earlier about trusting your friends who are saying, I see this in you, I see you mm -hmm. doing a good job of this. Um, I wanted to ask you a question about back when you started Fempreneur Marketing School to kind of take people back to where you were then. Um, obviously, you weren't thinking of starting a business. You have, you had and have a uh, business selling skincare, mm -hmm. but you, you weren't really on the path of looking into where you, I don't think you were even thinking about being a speaker and an author and starting like a career as like someone who's a mental health advocate, but like you still joined Femprinter Marketing School. You mm -hmm. trusted probably me and maybe just the fact that it was an opportunity ahead of you, like kind of take everyone through that progression that you wouldn't have had if you hadn't have just had the faith. Well, I would say that, the, like, my sister would know for sure. I should have told her to be on here, but she'd have lots of good comments. But I would always wanted to be like the Canadian Oprah. <laughs> and, uh, like, I, I knew that that's what I wanted. I wanted something bigger. I wanted a bigger stage. I did want to, um, you know, public speak and talk to people and help people that way. But I didn't do well in school. And, and so I didn't pursue a career and so things like that you know it's it's hard to to be in that role unless you do have that career right um so no I didn't really think of that but it was my volunteering then that helped get me into the school mm -hmm. and then helped me decide I worked at the Bethany for a while so it was almost process of elimination mm -hmm. I knew I wanted to help people so I went to the Bethany and I've just figured out end of days it wasn't really for me yet right now and things in the universe made it not happen so the job ended up ending without it wasn't any hard feeling or whatever mm -hmm. but but yeah, I would say that it was such a dream and such a goal, but I don't think I had it in me to say that, yeah, that's actually going to happen, you know, like, cause it would be too exciting and, and to, to dream about that and to actually make it happen, yeah. you know, and I was finding and meeting some really neat people with Rodan and Fields and I was finding that and it was just a turnkey business that I was like, yeah, I've always wanted to run my own business and look here, I can do this now. Mm -hmm. And that was exciting. But then, so just that turn of, so I would say probably 
taking the risk of starting my own business in a cliche business that I know would turn some people away that are close to me or, you know, because people are like, oh, my God, you're going to talk about skincare, <laughs> you know, like, and so, and just to be that person mm-hmm. and to show that you don't have to be that person, mm-hmm. right? Like that does take a risk to, to be that, you know, be that person oh, yeah. and to, you know, to, and to not be a salesperson and to yeah. not worry about numbers and all that to mm-hmm. seriously, I'm here because I care about your skin and it works for me. Yeah. So and I've always wanted to own my own business. Yeah. And what does that look like? So I felt more like a woman, really. Shania Twain, I know, said it, but it sounds kind of weird. <laughs> that actually like saying a it. Woman. And um, yeah, like it actually, it made me feel like a woman, like I'm doing something. And then when I started getting paychecks, it was like, oh my gosh, like I'm, because I haven't worked. I was in advertising before, but since I'd had an ectopic pregnancy and Jesse was at home, we hadn't had good day, day homes really, that he was there three days a week. It wasn't really working out. And so I didn't really... So that's mm-hmm. kind of why I started prof- like professional volunteering, mm-hmm. which ended up leading to part-time things and, mm-hmm. and here. Yeah. So Fempreneur Marketing School, you started out um, just kind of like looking for, like, what were you looking for? Like, what did you hope to gain from it? <clears throat> Didn't you make me? Yeah, I did. I'm just kidding. I made you totally. I was like, you need this. But like six o'clock in the morning, I was like, yeah, Carrie's not really a morning person. So I think it was getting out of bed. I think it was the fact that that was one of my goals was that I needed because not working is hard because you don't have a. I did work at the high school and I still do like a couple days a week. So those days I found I was more busy because I had a routine. So I do find that that's missing in my life is routine, and I know I'd be more productive. Tomorrow six a.m. on Zoom. Tomorrow? Yeah. Tomorrow's the monetization and accountability Not on team. Thursday? No, it's tomorrow, isn't it? Oh. Tomorrow's the 10th. Yeah, it's the second Tuesday of every month. I have it on as Thursday, so it's not after book club. No, we have we have Tuesday. Tuesday's monetization and accountability team. Thursday is taste testers. You get two 6 a.m. Oh, days this week, honey. Yeah, but yeah. it's the day after book club. I don't know. Mm. Maybe I should just sleep over here. Yeah, you can just sleep here. Just crash here. Get an Uber over here. But I think I wanted to meet new people. I wanted to have some sort of, I think it could help me with market, like the marketing. I knew that I I was more probably focused on the Rodan and Fields business. But then when we started getting into all that, like survey monkey and all that, like I was just like, like that is not something that sits right with me. It's not about that. It's not about selling for me necessarily. It's not about reaching people. It's about changing people. Right. So anyway, it just completely changed my, and then I came out way more confused than I did. I think. Um, yeah, but it was yeah. awesome. And then just meeting all I these came out way more confused, but it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the reason just, I'm pushing you to answer this is because mm-hmm. a lot of, um, the feedback that I've been getting through writing my book and just through grads is that, um, the, it's not just for someone with an existing business. Mm-hmm. Would you agree? Mm-hmm. You can come into it with no business in, even in mind. And you can just know, you can know some things you like to do. You mm-hmm. can think of ways to make, maybe monetize them, maybe turn them into a business, but you don't have to feel pressured to do any of that. Like you're going to learn skills that you can either put into play during the six weeks or mm-hmm. someday down the road. Like, did it spark new ideas in you and mm-hmm. ways of... And there's so many women doing different things, like having their own home-based business, because there's so many out there now with retail mm-hmm. shifting, mm-hmm. and there's so many women doing so many awesome things. So, you know, you can tap into that and mm-hmm. to see what all the, what they're all doing and, and share the same struggles, but also see women killing it. Mm-hmm. They're doing it. Mm-hmm. It's like so, you know, but also be open-minded to the fact that 
it may change and evolve. Mm-hmm. And that's really another thing I'm excited about. I know you didn't ask me yet, but like, well, it's next. Just, so there we go. We're the there. Ch- good. The change, like the change. And I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how it's going to evolve, but I'm now I'm totally open to whatever. Yeah. Like if I, you know, dream big, like I'll end up in France somewhere doing something else or being on a speaking or whatever. Like I'm not even going to try to think about it. I'm not going to have expectations. I'm just going to be trust. supportive and yeah just keep, read your wrists every day try, trust, yeah trust. i try to forget <laughs> keep hanging out with like-minded women who mm. truly support other women mm. you know and so one of the chapters in the book too that i really had to work on was jealousy to change it into admiration because mm. there's so many women that are doing it in one one industry i thought i, I read angel cards for a while oh yeah i gotta find that <laughs> i read angel cards for a while I even took my dad to a pub in canmore and i was like dad how do you feel about it if I was like an angel card reader? Like I was kind of scared like, <laughs> to tell Derek's mom or whatever. And um, anyway, met awesome friends that are doing that and kind of got into that community. And again, process of elimination, it wasn't for me. It just wasn't working. You know, when a ball starts rolling, like with Chicks for Chicks, the ball starts rolling and it just keeps rolling. Yeah. So trusting that, trusting the universe, finding something that makes right to you and don't, don't put all your eggs in that, but just yeah. see, observe, don't. have expectations and yeah that's where that's working i might as well go that way and it it's generally for me anyway not at all what i expected because i worked with kids with disabilities for a while too and that but i ran i fell in love with my boss Sinead she's fantastic at Cochrane high school and that was it so Mm -hmm. i went for her and so yeah yeah the connections yeah Mm -hmm. okay so that was the next thing that you're excited about yeah what was it again? The future. The future. Well, I think I said that before. <laughs> just like, yeah, what, what's next? Like, change. What, is it change. A book? Excited yeah. for change. Yeah. Whatever that looks like. I don't want to say book number four because everybody says you have to write four books to get there. I don't know what the second one would look like. Um, but like... A book a year for four years. That's my goal. Right. I'm, I'm writing another book in 2020 mm-hmm. and then I'm writing my fourth book in 2021. Mm-hmm. So Good for you. That's that. awesome. <clears throat> yeah. And so I think you're probably going to do the same thing because, you know... We're just going to keep biting each other's heels. Mm-hmm. As long, yeah, as long as I feel there's something to write about mm-hmm. and just let it happen. Like, I'm not going to mm-hmm. force that necessarily, yeah. right? But just whatever's going to happen, it's going to be fun. And then trust you'll know who to reach out to. And do you send a resume still? Like, I do think with social media, you can reach out to people. I reach out to a lot of people. Like, Jack Johnson, I tried to get him to meet us in Hawaii when we were there. And I did what? quite this little campaign on Instagram with Jack Johnson with some of his songs. And I did no. little poems that I reached out and didn't hear anything but you just never know right oh no it works so, I mean I've mm-hmm. I've connected with some moderately famous people mm-hmm. that way Tim Ferriss you're on my hit list next by the way I've been I've been creeping him for years he's probably like she's emailing me again god anyways um <laughs> three th- okay so we're on the last thing that you've changed your mind about recently well I think I can bound those last two because I said oh okay so I think this is a big one for women food Mm. <laughs> I've struggled with food. Do I eat meat? Do I not? Vegetarian? Is this my struggle? Like I've struggled with energy levels. So I've been, you know, over the years going through different, trying to figure out why I'm pretty low energy. And is it, should I eat meat? Should I not? You know, wheat, bread, bad, whatever. Like there's so many bad things for us now. Mm-hmm. And it's such a third world problem. First mm-hmm. world problem. It drives me bonkers. Mm-hmm. So I know, um, I heard a quote that I was trying to live with and it's harder. When I was pregnant, I tried to kind of do it. And I know, if you're struggling with weight, it's difficult, but really eat what you want mm-hmm. and then, but in proportionate, you know, mm. and maybe say, don't eat after eight or nine o'clock at night was kind of my, so I'm trying to change my mind to the fact to eat what I want. I don't want my mind focused on what I'm eating all the time. 
I'm always looking forward to lunch. It's true. I'm always excited because I love to eat all the time. And I, but then I feel bad, you know, like I know if I go to McDonald's and eat something, I'm going to feel bad about it. Right. So now it's like, if I'm going to do it, enjoy it. Mm. And if I'm not, and, and say thank you to my body instead of saying, Oh my God, you know, you're 10 pounds heavier now or whatever. No, just enjoy Like enjoy the, that we have, you know, we have mm. a little bit. And then I don't know. I've just kind of found that it's been a struggle, but to not, not think about food all the time, not mm. worry about, Oh my gosh, I'm supposed to be plant-based today. Only plant-based. How do I just go plant-based? You know, mm. I gotta be so organized. And then, you know, all of a sudden I'm, you know, you go through Tim Hortons and you're starving and then you grab something and then you feel crappy that you did that. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. I had so. one of those days yesterday. Like I've been trying to just be more plant-based and then getting all my eggs from, from Cindy Chase, who's in here in the monetization and accountability team. Mm -hmm. Cindy Chase has chickens and I see her quite often. And so I get my eggs from her. And then I watched that documentary on Netflix called what the health. I and know, it yeah. taught me a lot of things, but at the same time, you never know how much of it's true, but I mean, I know that I shouldn't be eating as much of this mass-produced meat, and I do think that it's really bad for us, and there are studies that prove that, and mm -hmm. and I grew up hunting, and I, you know, I just have always been nervous about hunting an animal myself, um, worried that I might injure it and it might run away, or, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I, and then I was invited to go hunting and you thankfully watched my dog for me that day and I was able to, to shoot a deer and she was so freaking nailed oh it perfectly gosh. right through the heart. It died fast and, and I've been eating it like, like, All yeah. The and then the rest of the meat, we're going to have a sausage fest mm -hmm. soon, yeah. <laughs> create a bunch of sausage out of the rest of it. And I mean, just being able to eat more organic meat has become become a priority for me but I mm -hmm. still feel guilty like yesterday we were busy and running here and there and I we ended up eating Tim Hortons for breakfast mm -hmm. and then we had Dairy Queen for dinner mm -hmm. and it was like you did not and you know if you're yesterday. gonna eat like that yeah and it's just especially if you're trying to lose weight which I know you're not because you exercise a lot and you're a bit younger like I was doing boot camp but at 47 like I don't really find I am enjoying a lot of exercise so I have to figure that out and fit it in because mm -hmm. I do want to still be strong, but not be hard on myself about that. Mm -hmm. Like I'm going through a phase right now. And so, yes, I might have to adjust my eating a little bit, but it may not, you know, change my body that much at this age. I think it is what I'm eating, but I eat what I want. So I wasn't eating wheat for a long time and it really did change my body. But I went out for friends last night. And we had pizza. I got pizza, mm -hmm. you know, and I so I ate the pizza. I really enjoyed it and I didn't eat it all. And, you know, <laughs> before I would, yeah, like I ate when I was full and just kind of tried to be. Yeah. So I don't know where that come from. Like the eating thing has come from. Like it almost seems weird that it's ingrained in us, you know, but whether you're, you know, 10 pounds or 40 pounds or 50 and it's a big thing for you. Mm -hmm. I just think be grateful for your feet grateful that you can the, walk. Yeah. And then if you start just changing again, that thought in your brain, in your head to be grateful instead mm -hmm. of, and every time you see yourself beating yourself up, Oh, look at my arm. Like I hate my, you know, upper arms or whatever. Let's stop. Like my arms can pick up this and I can open a car door and mm -hmm. I can pick up my dog and take her for a walk. Like just trying to shift that and eat what you want, mm -hmm. but just don't overeat. And, mm -hmm. you know, the chips and stuff have some, but, you know, I put them in a smaller bowl now and stuff. And depending on the day, like if you have a cheat day, and again, just let it go. Because I think we cause ourselves stress by beating ourselves up about it. Mm -hmm. We're going to, not going to end on this note, but one more absurd or stupid thing that you do. I don't know. You tell me. Uh, that scares me. <laughs> <laughs> me no don't tell me <laughs> I don't know about absurd or stupid I don't know like it would probably just be something like really silly but like 
I don't know, I'm always planning, like I'm always looking for my next trip to go on. Something like that. I don't know what I do that's pretty absurd or stupid. Like, I think one thing that you used to do that we've talked about that drove me a little bit nuts with you. Oh, man. That you don't do anymore, to my knowledge. I should have asked my sister. (laughs) Don't ask Lindsay. (laughs) But you used to read just, like, you know, fiction and whatever. Like, you used to just crush a book in a day. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, you didn't have time to do your survey (laughs) or, like... You don't have time to write a blog post or like, you know what I mean? Mm. Like you used to make, like, I think it was a form of a form of numbing out, a form of self-sabotage disguised as self-love. And that's something that I do too. And we all do it where we disguise something as self-love that's actually self-sabotage. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's stupid, so I guess maybe it doesn't really fit in here, but I think it well, was... Well, reading a whole book in one day, this could be absurd, absurd if I had something else to do that day. But I was actually pretty proud of myself, because yes, I love historical fiction. So the fact that I'm writing a book that's not historical fiction is just, like, that's totally the medium I thought it would go, or the Which genre I thought it would go. go I'm not sure, like, it just is... The research, I think, behind, like, you're doing a ton of research for your book, which is so cool you're interviewing people and you're you're reading other books and you're putting quotes from like you're doing an amazing job but i think that a historical fiction book would be that times 10 mm-hmm. <laughs> right mm-hmm. to like build the story around stuff that actually happened mm-hmm. and just well mix that, that is with- true like that's goal setting if you have a goal and i'm sitting there you know and i have things to do and i'm telling you i don't have time but then i just wrote a whole book and then i post it and she sees it yeah and then i'm like <laughs> oh you just read a whole book really mm, but to be fair like i changed my whole mindset <laughs> like my whole life was you know i'm in a book club my whole that was my whole life so to try to change to all of a sudden be a writer four times a week and to you know to all of a sudden be doing survey monkeys which i had no idea and canva this and that and you know what i mean like so mm-hmm. it took me a while to you know, break the mold. Yeah. Well, this is the Fempreneur Marketing Podcast featuring Carrie Wilkinson Lee. Before mm-hmm. we end, I'd like you to talk to specifically to the people. I'm bringing it back to this question again, and I'm going to word it in a different way this time. Bringing it back to the women who maybe have been stay at home moms for a long time. They don't even have a clue what they want to do for a business, but they know that they want to start doing something with maybe the more free time that they have now their kids are older and they're looking at Fempreneur Marketing School as a free way to gain some knowledge and meet some new new people. Like, what do you say to them? Like, what are they going to gain? Well, it's six weeks and it's free <laughs> and uh, you're going to gain Lindsay. And it's really is um, amazing. The, the things, the technology and the things that are happening outside in this world with books and, and, um, electronics and business and social media that I wasn't even aware of. Mm. So I think that definitely, and I am case in point in that, if you really are struggling, don't know where you're going and you don't have a business to market, but you're looking for that, I think you can use that to maybe drill down with the exercises you do and figure out kind of what path you may want to start on and and what you might want to change because another girl in our in the class that just graduated with you she's now working full-time mm-hmm. um which is fantastic mm-hmm. so she got in to do her home-based business which she's still going to do her her um business mm-hmm. but she's decided to get a job full-time so she kind of realized mm-hmm. from doing it that you know what 
I want to be with people more. I want yeah. to be so she it's it's more about figuring out how you can put yourself, your best self forward. Who mm -hmm. am I? What is what are my goals? What do I want? Mm -hmm. What do I need for to make myself a happy person so I can be good to my kids and my mm -hmm. wife and and my community? Mm -hmm. Um and you know, really 6 weeks is just you can just it's the such a springboard to to a future of of something exciting that you can just sink your teeth into I think if you're mm -hmm. struggling searching not know what the next step is this would be a springboard into that next mm -hmm. step for sure cool mm -hmm. yeah and that and that woman that you're talking about like we had a conversation when she had applied for that job and she said that the skills she gained even just being able to use Canva that mm -hmm. that came in handy when mm -hmm. she was building um, things to get this job she said that also her um the MailChimp knowledge helped her big time because mm -hmm. to be able to go into the interviews and talk about how they can use, you know, these various marketing techniques in her new job, mm -hmm. they were impressed with that. And mm -hmm. so it was cool to see. And I mean, the other thing that's cool about Femfer Marketing School is that the women who graduate, who don't still don't really necessarily know what direction to go in, they now have skills that they can put to mm -hmm. work for other fempreneurs in the community because we don't always want to create our own surveys. We don't always want to, you know, create mm -hmm. a new MailChimp landing page for our next offer. We don't always want to build the ebook ourselves on Canva. We, we want someone who can do it for us. Mm -hmm. So you, you gain monetizable skills in the school. And so um, a partner that, that you guys can work together that you didn't even exist, but like, you know what, yeah. I think I would like that. And she's doing that and she needs a partner. Like it does. Yeah, no, I appreciate, mind. you know, women like you who I've known from before who trusted when I was like, you got to do this. And you're like, oh, marketing. Oh, cause the word marketing is terrifying for people who a don't have a business or who be like, just think that it means like selling. Oh, right. Yeah. What were you going to say? Well, I was in advertising before. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what I went to school for. And I was in that. And so I had access to a computer. I was working on it all the time. We were doing layouts and all this kind of stuff. And then it just dropped off. And I wasn't so survey monkey and all that. Like, I just kind of feel like I've jumped into the... It's kind of neat to feel like you're kind of back in the land of the like living again. Like, you picked up where you like, left off, kind of. A little bit. Yeah, like, just not, not very tech savvy but like now I know that there's these things that exist and I can actually do it like you can do start a web page and you do, but you'd be overwhelmed before but Lindsay walks you right through it like you do all that and the fact that you do it for free like that's so cool because like that's a volunteer the thing that you're doing and mm -hmm. that's how Lindsay's described it is how she's giving back to the world mm -hmm. and to our community again it's not you know it's something small that she's seeing and it's making a difference mm -hmm. creating that community is like who knows how impactful this could be and that you're doing it for free is pretty outstanding so it makes it available and i'm the six to seven a.m can suck but that's uh, when everyone's available and, yeah. and it works and it kind of makes it, it us survivors at the end we're like we did it we did it at 6 a.m yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we survived yeah and the book is going to be a really cool way to um to launch the next sort of chapter of fempreneur marketing school which is having other fempreneur leaders lead their own group through this the material and they don't have to do it from 6 to 7 a.m if they have 10 women who want to do it at 2 p.m on thursdays then that's when they can do it that's our episode thanks for listening again for more information on the fempreneur marketing book launch party head to yycfempreneur.com and for all your fitness and nutrition needs you can find me at m12fitness.com or on facebook and instagram at m12fitnessliz see you next time